Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. And I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. This episode, we're going to dig into a question from one of our listeners. Cheska, she asked about how sometimes over time the holidays doesn't seem as exciting. And Sean and I discuss why this could be and how you can make it more exciting again. We shall name this episode Holiday Struggles. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, I like that one. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, Sean? Sean's saying that he's A-OK. No, I'm not saying I'm A-OK. I'm just giving you the, the five and the O. All right. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is our 50th episode. Yeah. 50th episode. Man, 50. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think any number that we bring up, it's a milestone, right? Some people see it as progress. Some people see it as perseverance. I see it as just, it's a milestone. And, and I'm very guilty of not celebrating milestones or finding milestones to celebrate, like small wins. But I'm actually really glad to bring this up. I think making an episode 50 is pretty awesome. Yeah. I can't think of anything that I've continued to do for over a year. Not recently, anyways. Well, what about your blogging? Your blogging lasted a year. Yeah, I guess so. And I just it just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I thought about writing. I think writing was a big thing. But I, I kind of stopped on day 201, 202 or something. But yeah, this one's... I think it's easier to hit this number because it's once a week, but more importantly, there's accountability, right? We rely on each other to be here week over week. And yeah, there are times where one of us will be busy or we, we can't do it or, or we forget or something comes up. But in the end, it's much easier to build a habit, to continue persevering when there's someone else that's doing that with you, whether it's a partner who's persevering with you, even someone as like a cheerleader who's on the sidelines cheering you on, making sure that you're continuing to do this. I think that's a big lesson for me over, over the last few years is accountability is, is freaking huge. A lot of times the most success comes from having that kind of week in and week out, being able to repeat something, even when something gets dull, even when it gets hard. And there are some times where it was really easy. It was really easy for me to sit down and just chat with you because we're just catching up. We're just talking about things that we would talk about anyways. And it just happens to be recorded. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. There, there were, out of the 50 episodes, I would say maybe like there were 10 episodes where we showed up. We're like, what the fuck are we going to talk about today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think out of those 10, five maybe, I felt like maybe it was a little bit forced. It was just like, all right, we got to talk about something. We got to make something out of this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Those are the hardest to listen to. Yeah. So thank you listeners if you listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I would say that for the, at least the past 20, 30 episodes, like time just flies by. I remember the first 10, 15, 20 episodes, it was, it was like, I'll be looking at the clock and be like, oh, we've only been recording for 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But lately, it's just like, before we know it's, you know, it's 45, 50 minutes in, we're like, oh shit, we got to wrap up. <laughs> it's, it's been good. And we actually wanted to talk about 
the holidays, we had a, a listener, Cheska. Yeah, Cheska brought up a question. And by the way, we welcome questions from all listeners. We're going to set up a community page via Clever. I'll figure out how to redirect that. It should sit at struggles.fm forward slash community for anyone who will be looking for it. If you want to submit your questions, you want to leave us a voice message, anything. If you leave a voice message, if you want, and let us know, we can even include it into the episode, the question. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that'd be really cool. The question that Cheska wanted to ask us this week was with the upcoming holidays, she said, as we're getting older, she finds with her, her mom and her friends that they don't really enjoy or get excited about the holidays as much as before. Not even the same as birthdays. They still get excited about birthdays, but the holidays just kind of seem to lack the excitement that it used to. And James and I was, were kind of talking about this before we started. Let's hear your thoughts first, James, as to why you think that might be. Actually, it's interesting that birthdays are still the big deal because I actually think they're related. I don't think birthdays are a big deal anymore. And I know you don't either. Chesco's under 30, so. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why. Okay. James and I are about to turn 40 soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so on my end, I was thinking that holidays kind of lose its excitement over time because at an early age, it's mixed with presents. You get presents. I'm actually not sure how culturally it might be different, but you know, Christmas time often came with presents, it came with a, a Santa Claus. It brings a kind of um, a different magic in the air. And also you're in school and you get a holiday after beginning your semester in August, you go through school five days a week and then you have a two week break. Yeah, yeah. And I think over time, because we don't have that anymore, and once you go into the workforce, you're not always given two weeks off, three weeks off, you kind of have to request it. Also, it might come at the end of the year where there might be a lot of pressures to finish things, to wrap up projects or, or to plan for next year. So the holidays start to become almost a, just a block, just something just, just like in the middle of what you're doing. And it can become, it doesn't re really become relaxing, right? Whereas school, you end the semester, it's closed, you can start fresh in January, you get two weeks off, you get presents. And so over time, the feeling or even the, the novelty of holidays kind of disappears and it just becomes almost a burden, something else to be responsible for. So I'm going to pause you there. As I'm listening to you say this, logically it makes sense. And from that perspective, it makes perfect sense. But I think if I were to actually find a different perspective, I think part of the reason that as kids and beyond like presents, I think holiday times is a time of gathering. People get together or families travel to get together, especially in America. In, in Asia, remember, you know, most of your family lives in the same city, or the same village, like where I'm from. And so you didn't really have to travel anywhere to see your family. Actually, in the modern age, you probably do because a lot of people from the rural areas move to the city and then they want to go home. But what I'm trying to get at is beside just having time off, there was this excitement about getting together. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, holiday times were the times where you would go over to friends' houses and, you know, my parents' friends' houses. And there was always like a holiday party. Those were fun. 
as kids and I imagine even as adults are fun. What I'm trying to get at is like there's these created events. There's events to look forward to that actually don't happen that often throughout the year. And I think maybe for us, as we get older, there's nobody else to rely on to create those events. We have to be the ones to create those events. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, it's like... You show up. Your parents was responsible for it. Like, even if there was a family vacation that you dreaded, it was like, I don't want to go to the Bahamas with my family. I never fucking went to Bahamas. But, but you know, you hear people going to like Florida with their family and whatnot. So you're like, you just had to go, right? Everything was planned for you. But I think as adults now, it's like, shit, I, I got to plan it. I got to make shit happen. And so kind of my angle around this as to why I don't think we get as excited, in addition to what James said, is that we are more separated from people. It's harder to get together with people as we get older. And I think part of the reason is definitely as we get older, kids move away from their parents, siblings move apart. You know, my parents are in Michigan. I'm in California. My brother is in Michigan. They're actually on a trip right now to, they're in Louisiana, I think doing their own thing, right? And they're going to Florida. They don't want to come here to California. That's my wish and desire that they come here every single year for everything. <laughs> but they're like, wait, why don't you come to us? You know, it's like, they're just like, no, we, we, we want to go somewhere else other than California, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but jokes aside, like when you're young, when you're in high school, when you're in college, you're surrounded by a huge community or potential pool of people that are the same age at the same stage of life as you. Just a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you move into these communities, like the community I live in here in this neighborhood. And A, it's a brand new neighborhood, but B, it's just like people are different ages and different places. You know, my neighbor that just moved in next door, I think they're younger, maybe the same age. They don't have kids. Whereas like my other neighbor, they have like five kids. Oldest one's already in college. And so it's just like, it's very hard to find common ground. And, and even yesterday, last night, we went to this like uh, event at Tanaka Farms nearby. They have this Hakari lights festival where they light up like these strawberry fields with just Christmas lights. It's fucking cool. And then they take, you know, you do tractor rides. And so we, we got invited by Miles's schoolmates, parents to, Hey, let's go to this thing together. And we sat down and ate and talked and it's just like, shit, it's hard to talk. It's hard to like figure out how to find common ground Yeah, beyond just this one hanging out with your kids. Like, do we have reasons to like go hang out, to like invite each other over? And I think that's what was missing. I was like, hold on a second. Why don't we just have a holiday party, invite people over and make it exciting around the holiday? Because that's what people used to do around holidays. Like, sure. I mean, now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's so much headache, so much work, it's so much trouble. Like, got to like clean the house, got to like buy table settings and all these excuses. That's a good point. So it reminded me of a, uh... I forget who this stand-up comedian was, but they joked about how back in the day, long time ago, before the internet, you could actually go over to someone's house, ring the doorbell and be welcome in. Be like, wow, so good to see you. And you'd be able to hang out and and chat and stuff. But now if someone's ringing the doorbell, you're kind of like, who the hell is that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why are you coming over? You know, you're like, yeah. You look in your ring and video camera to make sure it's not someone creepy. You're like, oh, don't pretend like you're here, you know? And we've somehow become so isolated and so stuck on our phones and communication is all through text message and the flavor of getting together, that kind of flavor has disappeared. I think that's what it is. And I I think, as like I said, for kids, it's still easier because they have a lot of common ground, right? But as adults, it's very difficult, no matter where you live, to find 
a large enough pool of people that have the same, again, same age group, same stage in life, same interests to like get together. And I think that's what kills the excitement versus birthdays. I think for her birthdays, even for me, like birthday is like a pretty easy excuse to get together. It's like, hey, it's my birthday. Let's go to dinner together. And you're getting like 20 people together for dinner. It's a little bit easier of an excuse, I feel like, versus like, oh, it's Christmas or it's the holidays, you know. But I wouldn't say it's harder because it's nobody's specific celebration. And so nobody needs to take the lead on it versus the birthday. It's like, it's my birthday. So I'm going to fucking take the lead on this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think everybody's just waiting for someone else to have a holiday party to invite them that nobody fucking does it anymore. Or at least the people that we know. I think people still do it. Oh, for sure. And those people that do it, I think they get excited about the holidays. It's just maybe the small circle people we know, we don't. But if you were to think back 10 years ago, I moved to LA 14 years ago. And when we first got here, hell, like the first five, six, seven years, we had holiday parties. Yeah. Like the Cape Town downtown crew, like we had white elephants. We would get together, we had pajama parties. We like, I don't know if you were there one year with like the onesie party. Like, you know, we'd go show up in a onesie and we all got together and and that was fun. It was like stuff you looked forward to for the holidays was, you know, these extraneous reasons to get together. But now it's just like, ah, kids. I got kids, you know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. The other double-edged sword, I think, at least in my household specifically, is that we have Ming's parents here, which is, it's a huge blessing. But it also makes it, I think, very difficult to hold parties. I was literally thinking about this last week. I was like, man, I really want to hold some like dinners here. But it's really difficult because her parents live on the first floor and the guest bathroom, I guess, is like their bathroom. And so hmm. I was like, ah, oh, it's so much hassle. I got to ask the guests to go upstairs to the second floor to use the bathroom, you know, if we invite people over. And plus our house, this is again, an excuse, is not very conducive to like gatherings because it's instead of being wide, it's tall and skinny. And so you can't have that many people on one floor. And it's just like, ah, oh, damn it. And I mean, yeah, my, my room up here, the third floor office is like great for gatherings. But then like you're going to ask people to come upstairs all the way to the third floor. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. That's what I'm saying is that I create all these excuses for why I can't like oh. invite people over because it feels like it's a hassle hmm. versus figuring something out. Or I'll feel like, oh, the house isn't complete. Like we don't have any hung up stuff and like it doesn't feel like like a you know presentable home. I was like, man, who the fuck cares? I should just host something. Yeah. It's definitely created. You have to create the holiday season. Even this past Thanksgiving, we didn't do anything. Last year, we crashed Hesong's family's Thanksgiving. Yeah. But this year, it just didn't seem like anyone was really doing... I think people had their own gatherings, but it was more a family thing. As you just get older, holidays become much more, like you said... Everyone traveled to go back home. When I was in New York, a lot of us, we'd all fly home to Michigan for Thanksgiving, for the holidays. And that's when everybody came back from wherever they were, from Chicago, from LA, and everyone gathered at one central point. But you don't really do that as much because everyone moved out. You know, if you have kids, it's very difficult. And then if you're married, that's the other thing too. I mean, this is the other wrinkle is you have to split your time with your parents and in-laws. So there's some division that happens there that makes it really difficult to gather together. And 
a lot of times for us, the holidays were centered around family. Yes, like our different friends, but it was always a religious thing too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like most of our friends and group gatherings were because my parents, we all went to the same church. And then you would go to someone's house afterwards to hang out after going to this like event thing, right? Hell, that's why I went to church too, you know? <laughs> just, yeah. just to gather. And it was like a big thing. Like my parents, especially my mom, she loved having people over. Same. So we would have people over all the time. And just that kind of goes away. And maybe it has to be something you just recreate. So for anyone feeling like they miss holidays, they miss the holiday season or the event, it's more about, like you said, just hosting a party. Just do it. You might have excuses. It might be very difficult. And even trying to find the time. It's funny. I was actually trying to hang out with three of my friends. They all have kids. We're in talks in like July or August. And literally, like the four of us in the, in the little chat room, we couldn't find a time that everybody was free for three months. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? So it was, Ju- I think it was July. And then we agreed to meet in October. But somewhere in that time, some things came up. And so we couldn't meet. And we still haven't gotten together. And now we're trying to do it December 26th. But it's going to happen? I, I don't know. You know, there's just like all these conflicts that start to really appear. And, you know, that's what's interesting, though. I, I think you hit it on the nail. But to that point, I think conflicts are just an excuse. And I, I say that, I mean, there's legitimate conflicts, right? But what I'm trying to get at, too, is that back in the day, it sounded like people didn't have stuff to do or other conflicts or other parties. Like, if anything, people probably had multiple parties, had to like pick a party to go to, right? But you still went out and did stuff and went to events. I think you hit it on the nail with the two points that one, because of the digital age, we almost don't know how to like interact. Like that actually is a fear of mine. I'm just like, all right, well, if I invite people over, how am I going to entertain them for like, you know, more than two hours, an hour? <laughs> you know, how do I make it a fun gathering? As a host, you worry about that. You don't want people to come over and be like, all right, well, this is fucking boring. Huh? <laughs> you know, never doing this again. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Lots of alcohol and and music in the background. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but I don't really drink much anymore. So that's that's the other thing. It's like, damn it, I don't really drink anymore. I think beyond what I said about, you know, lack of community or lack of like similar groups of people and all this stuff, I think at the core of it, it's actually those two issues is that we have an unwillingness to create events, right? Because of all the excuses I just made of, you know, hosting a party even. And the fact that digital age really makes it we don't know how to interact with people anymore. Or maybe it's always been that way, but back in the day, we didn't have an excuse not to interact because you didn't have social media. Now it's just like people come hang out and they just like open up their phones, sit on their phones, and that's like the last thing you fucking want. Thank God. We, I don't think anybody did that last Thanksgiving at Hassan's house because we, we played, you know, Mafia. Like we, it was a pretty active party. Yeah, everyone was talking. I mean, there's going to be people who are going to be on their phones. I think that's just inevitable now. But I don't know, maybe it's also not really worrying so much about whether they're on their phones or not. You can't really do anything. And if they are, let them do their own thing and they can leave if they're bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know as a host, you want it to be exciting and you want them to be entertained. But maybe even the act of opening up a home, inviting people, in the end, it's up to them. It's up to them to enjoy. I can think of people who if they were there, they would have fucking been on their phones. 
it's inevitable. You might have seen that happen. And maybe after some time, if enough people are not and they're playing a game or they're socializing or whatever, it just, they either leave or they actually join or they just also sit there like being in the presence of other people talking and they're just on their phone. And maybe that's what, just what they are like. And also one thing I was thinking about was, I think the big thing is, I think it's you and me in particular that are trying to think about like, oh, like how come things aren't happening around the holidays? Because like, I'm thinking of um, my buddy Hang. I think he's actually really busy around the holidays because he's involved in a community, goes to a church. I think he's part of a small group. And I think they do things together. Mm. So maybe what happens over time is that we have to choose willingly to be part of a community. And it's very easy to start to stray away from that and become very just in your own little world. Like I'm in my own little world. No one's going to invite me to anything because I'm not really involved in any other communities. I have a lot of friends who maybe I haven't spoken to a long time and they probably have events and stuff and they probably want to hang out, but they're not going to invite me to it because I'm just not part of that community. And so with the whole creation thing, maybe it's that. It's like, we don't have to necessarily like create an event. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. But also, if you're missing that holiday piece, it might just be that your community, A, it's either not doing that kind of stuff or, or B, they just are and you're just not part of it. Yeah, you're not part of a community. And, and you're absolutely right. Because like when I think about the holiday parties we have coming up, like Mink, there's two holiday parties that happen every single year, no matter what. One is like Mink's work. <laughs> like they have a holiday party and I get to attend that. They make it fun. They do a white elephant. And then the other one is her and her friends, her like small group of friends. Like they're kind of spread out all over the place around LA, but you know, they do a holiday, like a cookie exchange every year and, and they gather at somebody's house. Yeah. Why is it at your house this year? Like I said, it's just that excuse in my head that I just don't feel like my house is like a good house to host something, which makes me want like a different house, which is not right. But like there was a house when we were looking at before when we were, you know, shopping for homes was like it had a really, it was a two-story home and had a like really expansive, you know, first floor. And you're just like, wow, this is cool. I would, I would host so many parties, you know, <laughs> at this house. And now I want a different house so I can host a lot of parties. <laughs> I mean, how many people are, are coming over for Mink's thing? For Mink's, like the cookie exchange, it's five girls and their respective partners, plus kids, on average about two each. So yeah, we're talking about 15, 20 people. Yeah. My house, I can fit enough people between the third floor and the first floor. I can fit 20 people, but then they're split. Not all of them can sit in one place. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of like my excuse. But, you know, what's wrong with me just hosting five people? What's wrong with me just hosting 10 people? And is making the second floor more accessible because it's really the second, the third floor, whether it's accessible or not, it's actually irrelevant. So making the second floor more accessible because A, there's the bathroom there and B, there's like a play area. If they bring their kids, like their kids can play on the second floor. I just lock all the, our bedroom and whatnots and block off like the access to the third floor, which I can easily do actually via the laundry room area. Sorry, I'm just, <laughs> it's like ideating right now, but you're planning. Yeah. <laughs> But if I'd even just make the first and second floor accessible so that they can access the bathroom, the guest bathroom, and then also the kids can play, you know, have like a safe play area without too much adult supervision, that could work. Hell, I could put a TV on the play area. You know what? I'm, I'm getting excited now, James. <laughs> yeah. Or adults can actually hang out around the kids 
they can just sit there and kind of just chat or whatever. Maybe not all of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking about like when my parents had people over, there was no way that all the adults would sit in one location. It was always divided. You know, there were like eight people sitting in the living room, eight people in the dining room, eight people in the kitchen area and in like another dining room area, then like another eight people in the family room. And then all the kids jammed in front of the TV and in the basement and a couple of kids like hanging up upstairs in like a bedroom. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that might be easier because granted there were no two-year-olds or three-year-olds running around. And sometimes there were. And even then there were just enough kids and yeah, there was someone always crying or something. But I think once you have enough people over, like especially with like mixed friends, like I'm guessing that there's enough to talk about, especially if they have kids, you have enough common ground. You can all talk about like work, whatever. I think it'd be a little bit more difficult for the partners for you because you can't just talk about work with them and there's no common ground there, but you have children or you have like golf. I don't know. Maybe you can talk about golf and someone there is also going to love golf and then it's just you two talking, <laughs> but who cares? Yeah, so maybe it's, it's it really is this like kind of creating event, and it sounds like you do have a community. You are going to a holiday thing. No, she has community. Yeah, yeah, she has community, and you're tagging along. But it's a start. I think that's fine. Yeah, but I I want to have my community. You know, I want to build my community. I want to build you know my circle of I don't want to say circle of friends. You know, but yeah, my circle of like local friends. Okay. Well, I think it's tough. This goes back to our conversation two weeks ago. It's like, it is tough, but you know, it's something I feel like for, I think for our well-being, mental well-being too, it's important to have community, local community. Yeah. Everyone needs a, a social group. I think that's why a lot of people have partners. It's why you get married. Maybe you don't tie the knot anymore. Maybe you just have a long-term relationship or just a partner that you live with and it's just long-term. But I feel like that's, because you, you asked me this question earlier this week. Like, do you want to get married? Do you even want a relationship? Like, what do you want? But I feel like a lot of reasons why people have a significant other is for that purpose. Is It's in a way, it's a small community that you've built. It's your foundation and you start to build around that. Hmm. That's interesting. Not to say that you have to rely totally on this person, right? I think that's when things kind of crumble is when you rely too much on this person to really identify who you are. But it's just another pillar to help build what you're building. You're absolutely right. It definitely is one of the pillars because, yeah, there's certain things that like over the years, I realized like you can't rely on your partner to listen to all your problems or to like, you know, listen to everything. It's like, no, it's like there's certain things I want to talk to you about. There's certain things I want to talk to her about, right? We have experience where like, oh, we just solely relied on the partner, you know, not having friends and it's not healthy at all. That's where I'm trying to get at still, you know, coming back to this whole, like, why I want to build community. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like, all right, we're going on this path of like architecture, but I think a lot of the reasons why my prior relationships failed was because I relied on them so much mm. to help build my own identity or to help me figure out who I was. And I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think there are some relationships where it's really good, where they'll, they'll challenge you and you'll have like a life partner to talk through these kind of challenging things. But if you make them your cornerstone, like in any build, once that piece isn't there, you collapse. And that's very dangerous. What was I listening to? I think A Course in Miracles. They're saying that this idea that you need a partner to complete you 
is very dangerous because that means without a partner, you're incomplete. And that's not true. It's like you are complete, right? You are enough as you are now. I think a good partner is just a strong supplement almost. They're your biggest cheerleader. Overall, coming back to the holidays thing, what's interesting, what Cheska said is, you know, she, for this year and coming year, she wants to spoil her nieces, lots of gifts because she wants them to have a memorable, happy holidays. And I think that's the key word there is memorable. What's memorable isn't the gifts. It's time spent with other people. It's, it's creating memories with people, right? Yeah. That really goes back to what you were saying about creating events, creating memories. And that's something that we're not doing as actively. And that's maybe why the holidays are less exciting. With the exception, like this year, like, you know, I, I've always been a Grinch of sorts because Mink likes to put up the Christmas tree literally the day after Halloween on November 1st. She's like, November 1st is the beginning of Christmas. I'm like, no, we haven't even finished Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> but we put up the tree on November 1st every single year. But this year, I actually put out, you know, I went out and found some Christmas decorations for the, from the front yard, put out like some reindeer and put out some lights for the first time. And I created like a memorable thing. And, and Miles and I like check out the lights of the reindeer. He gets excited about them. He points it out every time we drive back to the house. She's like, reindeer. <laughs> you're creating tradition. And Cheska, like that's kind of what you're doing with your nieces and nephews. Like you are going to start this new feeling for them of understanding that this is, oh, when holidays come around, we're all going to get together, hang out with my awesome aunt who's going to give me stuff. And then, you know, over time, maybe the big lesson is going to be for them is that eventually this gathering, this tradition of having the family get together and exchange gifts or whatever is going to be a torch that's handed down to them. Yeah. That's just happened over time, right? And I guess with us, we kind of, I don't know, torch just fumbled. We just forgot what it was like. Or I don't have kids, so I don't know. Yeah, but what are some traditions that even without kids that we can create, right? Yeah. I mean, Mink has a tradition. Every year she gets together with her coworkers and does a well, elephant exchange. That's a tradition. The core tradition is every year on November 1st, she puts up the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, it's just her thing. And that's like something that maybe even Miles can eventually, right? And Mila, they eventually start to learn. It's like, oh, after Halloween, it's really exciting because now it's like holiday season. We take down our lights. We put up the Christmas tree. Then dad complains about putting up the Christmas tree <laughs> this early. And then two weeks later, we put our reindeers, you know, and it can be a thing. And, and that's like in itself. Yeah, like you might want a community to kind of build that around. But like that excitement of holidays coming around is something that Mink is actually creating on her own. That's true. And then like one thing I love to do every year is just like, you know, go check out all the miniature setups, whatever they're called, where... They have these like miniature cities that are built with holiday scenes. It's neat. All right. So we got two points for our listeners. <laughs> One is, you know, you have to create your own traditions. If you don't find the holidays as exciting anymore and, you know, traditions have been lost from your childhood, you have to create new traditions. And those traditions may involve a community or may just be with yourself and your own family. Either way, a tradition is a tradition. And then secondly, if that tradition does involve events, community, then you have to make an effort to go out and find or build a community. Probably easier to find <laughs> than build a community. Just start small. Maybe just us and another family invite them over. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah.
Happy holidays.